0: Welcome back into the Lions 24-7 podcast. This week is the NFL Scouting Combine out in Indianapolis. There's going to be eight players on that list out of Penn State looking to impress pro scouts, coaches, executives, what have you. Jesse Lucchetta is among them, played defensive end and linebacker here at Penn State for four years. We're going to get him on in just a moment. Sean, it's just a huge week for these guys. Uh, You can go up several rounds. You can go down several rounds. We're talking about hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of dollars in the balance, depending on your situation. Jesse's an interesting case, but this is go for lunch time for these guys. And they're going to be tested on how they handled these last couple of months.
1: Yeah, very nice of him to take 20 25 minutes for for us um, because it's a it's a huge week. I mean, this is a big time job interview for them. Uh, he's going to have the opportunity to answer the questions that they have about his strength, line, uh, excuse me, straight line street, speed, athleticism, things like that as he evolves as a hybrid prospect in a league that started to embrace hybrid prospect. There's certainly value in there. There's value in a special teams background. There's value in his linebacker background. of course we loved loved watching him as an edge rusher this year. his development and his um, you know the leap that he made when they just asked him to, to go get the quarterback was was phenomenal enjoyed watching him always enjoyed dealing with him and of course he's been one of those guys that's always been at the forefront of the program over the last couple of years.
0: We're going to keep this episode simple. You're going to hear from Jesse uh, later this week. Winter workouts will wrap up, so we'll have some final thoughts on what happened at the earliest phase of this uh, off season. We'll look ahead at spring ball next week. Is spring break here on the university? It's also going to be spring break here on the show. We're going to take next week off, but we got another episode coming this week. We got Jesse Lucetta coming right now, and he was kind enough to join us from Dallas. We're happy to welcome Jesse Lucchetta onto the show. Obviously, Jesse preparing for the NFL scouting combine in Indianapolis, where he's off to this week. We really appreciate you taking some time, because this is a huge week for you, Jesse. Good to see you. The first time we've gotten uh, you face-to-face since down in Tampa after the Outback Bowl. So we hope all has been well since then.
2: All has been well. Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, You're down in Dallas, you're training, you've been there for a couple months, Uh, former teammate Ellis Brooks down there with you. Um, What has the process been like for you getting ready to to try to go for launch in Indianapolis?
2: Uh, It's been a great process, honestly. Like now, you know, everything's so detail-oriented, you know, I'm focusing on my nutrition, um, eating clean, uh, you know, training hard, uh, but also finding that balance where, you know, I'm not doing too much. Uh, I feel like I'm in the best shape of my life feel lean, feel fast, um, just excited to get out there at in Indy,
1: have another opportunity to make another statement. Jesse, you made a statement at the Senior Bowl all week long. And then at the end, of, during the game, you were fantastic. I mean, what was that experience like? How much do you think that really um, put you on the right track and in, in, heading into the scouting combine?
2: Uh, honestly, it just goes back to being at Penn State. Uh, you know, We pride ourselves on, on being the most competitive environment in college football. So uh, you know, once I got out to mobile, um, you know, I, I knew I had to raise the bar a little bit, uh, you know, throughout the entire week, I felt, you know, I kept getting better and better. I kept making more splash plays and then I felt ultimately, you know, Saturday um, I, I knew I had to cap off a strong week and, you know, have a dominating performance and I felt like I had a, I had a great game.
0: In terms of position work down there in mobile, Jesse, you know, the conversation for you coming out of Penn state was what does Jesse Lucchetta fit in within an NFL defense? What do mm-hmm. the coaches at the next levels? Think about him. Um, determining where you're going to line up, where you're going to participate down in Mobile and then this week in Indianapolis, how if the, are those tricky kind of conversations to have?
2: Um, honestly, no. Uh, it doesn't matter where you line me up. Um, I've shown I can be productive at the either or position. Uh, for me, my mindset is, you know, the goal is to be disruptive uh, and be the most disruptive defender on the field wherever you line me up. Um, As far as a mobile, the biggest question was, you know, can you play the defensive end position um, at a high level against the best of the best? Um, I felt as if I I checked that box. Uh, So heading to to Indianapolis, now I'm looking forward to, you know, putting my athletic athletic ability on full display. Um, Make one more statement before draft day. So just taking it one day at a time.
1: Was it more fun last season doing what you did, uh, you know, just going from the full-time linebacker to the, the hybrid guy that could come off the edge? Was, did you have, it looked like you were having, I, it always looks like you're having fun, let's be honest, but it looked like you were having more fun. Was that something that really just, you know, kind of elevated your play because you were a little bit more comfortable there?
2: Absolutely. Um, you know, you know, at first, you know, your, your first couple of years, you're a little um, boxed in and you're a little afraid to make a few mistakes, but I felt like this year I, I played so much more free, um, you know, I was definitely having more fun, um, but it was just something about um, just the, having the ability to to be to be interchangeable, going from defensive position back to the linebacker. Um, I felt like a lot of the plays that I made just came so naturally because of one, my film study how I prepared, and two, um, I was just literally just out there having fun. Um, it didn't matter where I was lined up; the goal was to be the most disruptive, um, and I felt that I, I had a good showing this past season.
1: Where where did that come from or who did who did that come from? I mean, was it I mean, is, is there any conversation you can think back to last off season you maybe felt a little bit of that weight come off?
2: Um, yeah, I just say entering entering uh my senior year, um having having good conversation with Coach Pry, um, just as who I wanted to be, the type of player I wanted to be, the type of leader and type of team that I wanted to be, um, you know, entering my senior year. Um, and from there it's just you know, I worked at it day in, day out throughout the offseason and obviously leading up to the season um, as I was preparing to make that transition, uh, you know, meeting with you know, Dion Barnes uh, because a big kudos goes to him because I wouldn't have had the year I had um, if it wasn't for the work and the meeting time that we spent together.
0: Jesse, you did step up and start a couple of games at linebacker, uh, one of which up against Ball State uh, after Ellis Brooks had been ejected against Wisconsin. And then, of course, the final game of your Penn State career, you're, yeah. you're at the mic position leading the defense. What was that experience like after spending an entire fall, essentially, at defensive end in this new role, getting back to your roots, playing linebacker one final time?
2: Uh, honestly, I just felt like it was, it was a Cinderella story, you know, just everything coming full circle. Um, but uh, nonetheless, um, it, it, didn't, it didn't feel any different for me. Uh, it was another opportunity to to complete the task at hand. Uh, you know, I felt as if we had a good showing um, when, we, when we were in Tampa. I just felt as if we had some some more reinforcements. We could have won that game. Definitely could have won that game.
1: Jesse's kind of outside the box but thinking back a couple of years you played as a true freshman almost exclusively on special teams. Mm-hmm. What did you learn from that experience? What did you pick up from from maybe some or maybe something that you didn't realize at the time that ended up adding value to your career at a later point?
2: Um, I learned a lot. Um, I said the biggest thing I did I did take from that experience was uh, humility um, and you know everyone everyone has a role to play. Um, when I first got there as a true freshman, you know, we had some guys, uh, you know, from Shaka Tony to Grosmatos to Odafe, Micah, uh, Cam Brown. Um, and although, yeah, I was physically prepared to contribute, it was just we have so many individuals. Where, where, where were they game planning to have me line up? Um, but during those first two years, being able to go on, to go play on special teams, kickoff, kickoff return, punt, punt return, uh, those are highlights for me, being able to run down and, and knock somebody's heads off. Like that's that's what I look forward to, um, but at the same time, it humbled me. It allowed me to to become a player who wanted to invest and in elevate his football IQ um, off the field. Learn from guys like Jan Johnson, you know how they watch film, how they prepared, and it ultimately turned me into the football player I am today. Um, and I'm extremely grateful for it.
0: Jesse, you also developed into a team captain, a vocal leader for this squad. We we saw you do that kind of stuff for the 2018 recruiting class, and there were a lot of personalities in that class, and and you helped keep things together. Um, How did you kind of cross that bridge, going from a recruiting class leader to eventually a locker room leader? And do you kind of have to take a step back for a couple years because you go from uh, the 18-year-old in a class with a bunch of 18-year-olds to an 18-year-old in a locker room with 22, 23-year-old guys?
2: All right. I was kind of, it was mainly honestly, you just waiting your turn. Um, Once I got to Penn State, I kind of studied the vets. I studied the guys who did things the right way. Um, You know, guys who, you know, watched film, um, you know, sacrificed with good teammates, um, were in early, out late. And I kind of just, you know, took bits and pieces that I felt would would be, uh, you know, beneficial for for my progression and added them to, to how I go about my business. Um, you know, and I waited my turn in you know, the first two years and then um, obviously my opportunity came for me to become you know, a vocal leader, um, a leader in the locker room. Um, you know, I felt and I wanted to make sure I went about it the right way.
1: Combining the last two answers here, what, so, what sort of advice do you have for the guys younger in the roster, especially in the portal era, which you kind of, you know, you're sitting there watching it take place as during your career. What, what what has it been like to see the portal era, and what would you say to those guys that have maybe uh, towed that line, gone past that, come back, whatever? Um, what, what's it been like to watch that over the last couple of years?
2: Um, so, I'd say the biggest advice I could give for you know guys who are going through you know the portal um, route is you know although you know you may feel as if transferring is the best option for you because obviously sometimes you know people just need a fresh start, um, a new opportunity. Um, just come ready to work, um, you know, nothing's going to be guaranteed in college football. And I know a lot of individuals going through the process, you know, one transferring is, you know, they're not going to transfer unless, you know, everything's guaranteed. Well, nothing in life is guaranteed. You just got to have, you know, a good head on your shoulders, um, stay diligent and just be ready to work um, and ultimately be a, be a even better teammate. Um, and I'd say that's, that's the best advice I could give to the guys going through that
0: route. Jesse, as you get ready to, to board your flight and head up to Indy, what do you know are spots of your game, spots of your skill set that are being scrutinized, that are in that microscope right now? And, and what have you done to try to prove that you're ready to make that next step to professional football?
2: Um, just throw my training here. Um, I already know the, the biggest question is they want to see uh, you know, my straight line speed, um, agility, um, you know, and all these drills, so just going to Indy, um, and just honestly put having a great performance. Um, that's, that's my mindset right now. Um, just taking every single drill, taking them one at a time and just doing my absolute best, uh, to dominate.
0: What's that transition like?
2: Sorry, Tyler, go ahead.
0: I was was just going to mention another aspect of the combine that isn't on television is all the behind closed doors, meetings, interviews, conversations. You seem like someone who's pretty well suited to handle yourself. Not all guys, even the best athletes in the draft are ready for those kind of encounters. Have you had a few of those conversations already? And kind of what's your early takeaways from getting grilled, I guess, by NFL scouts?
2: Yeah, so we had uh, we had uh, some some extensive nights in uh, mobile. We had like four hour long meetings with teams. They kind of call it like speed date, and You sit down at the table with, like sixteen minutes with a team, and then you go on to the next team. Uh, so we did that for four hours. Um, but I had good meetings, honestly. You know, just you know talking ball, talking about my story, um, just being me. Uh, so there's really is nothing to it, honestly, for me personally.
1: What, what's a conversation like that like? I mean, are they trying to trap you. I know we've we've heard stories about <laughs> awkward questions and things like that. Are they trying to to make you uncomfortable? Are they trying to get you to be vulnerable and and, and things of that nature? I mean, um, what's absolutely, that, you come-
2: absolutely. You know, all the stories are true, but um, for me personally, um, I'm I'm an authentic individual. Um, what you see is what you get. Uh, so I'm always shooting straight. I'm always keeping it honest. So um, you know, I own I own the things and you know in my journey that you know weren't necessarily last year the best of things, but you know, just kind of being diligent and, and having a humble approach um, for the mistakes that I had in the past. Uh, talking ball, uh, letting them know who I am as a player, my character. Uh, yeah, that's that's really about it.
1: We'll be right back on the Lions twenty four seven podcast.
0: Jesse, we know you've got a lot of confidence at defensive end, at linebacker now. You're talking to 32 different teams. You could land anywhere in the league. But what do you feel is the right fit for you in an NFL defense right now?
2: Um, honestly, I feel as if I present a, a great a great amount of versatility um, going to the next level. Um, you know, with the right defensive coordinator, I could be used as a as a chess piece. Um, but for me personally, I feel as if I'm gonna have my most success uh, playing that outside linebacker defensive end position, um, being close to the ball. Um, but at the same time, schematically, um, if need be, I could I could fall back into inside um, and still get the job done no problem. Um, that's just how I view myself moving forward um, and playing my best football.
1: You're down in Dallas training with uh, former teammate Ellis Brooks, so of course Brandon Smith in the draft as well, uh, Arnold Bicati. Uh, what are you seeing from from your former brothers at Penn State, um, and and what what's their draft prospect, or uh, what do you, what do you see from them from from your vantage point about their draft prospects, their combine uh, prospects, and yeah. things like that?
2: Um, you know, they're all unique players in their own in their own way. Um, you know, they're all going to test well. Um, you know, all are going to be you know great picks for, for whoever gets them, um, you know, being able to work with Ellis, you know, throughout the past uh, eight weeks here has been great. Uh, just having someone here, uh, you know, we've been pushing each other. Um, you know, I feel like he's in the best shape of his life, uh, looking real lean. Um, but he's a guy that, you know, how any any defensive coordinator is going to love because it's just how intelligent, how, how high of an IQ player he is. Um, you know, he makes a lot of plays on the field that he shouldn't, he shouldn't, but just because of how he understands the game and, you know, how he understands situational football, um, he puts himself in the best position to make these type of plays. Um, a guy like Arnold, you know, I was able to see him in uh, mobile <coughs> a few weeks ago. So, you know, Arnold's, uh, Arnold's Arnold, you know, he, he's making the same moves, um, you know, being impressive, winning his reps with the one-on-ones. Um, so um, I'm not worried about him. He's going he's gonna to be a high-drive pick. And Brandon, I'm looking forward to wherever Brandon goes. You know, he's a guy who's going to be um, a great athletic specimen. When as far as when he tests, he's going to run fast, going to jump to the roof. and uh, I'm looking forward to continue to see him develop.
0: With all that said, there are some holes to fill back here at Penn State on the roster Mm -hmm. for 2022. And um, starting with a a couple of the older guys that you got to know very well, Nick Tarburton came in with you, Jonathan Sutherland out of the same area and came in before you. Uh, They're both looking to step up. We may see Sutherland in a full-time starting role linebacker here this year. Um, What do you think about each of those players as they, you know, in year number five and year number six, respectively?
2: Um. I'm I'm, re- I'm really excited, uh, especially for a guy like Sutherland. Um, you know, he I feel he's going to be able to play his best football. Um, you know, He's a guy sure tackler loves to hit. Um, and I feel as if they're going to use him schematically the same way they use me. They put me in an area where they felt I'd be the most successful. Um, and I feel like that that's the exact same thing they're going to do for Sutherland. Uh, put him in a, in a better position for him to be the most dominant. Um, the most productive. Um, I'm also looking forward to a guy like Curtis Jacobs, um, a guy who you know I, I told him you know he's gonna have to lead now. Um, you know a guy who he's prepared you know to to contribute physically. Um, he's gonna he's gonna be productive, um, but now he has to take that next step that you know in regards to leadership uh, of being that dude. Uh, people are gonna rely on him to make big time plays and big time situations, um, and that's one thing I know he's gonna be ready for. Um, another guy who I'm really gonna be looking forward to. Uh, you know, a guy like Smith Wilbert, You know, I feel like he's just scratching this. He's just scratching the surface of, of how dominant he can be, um, and he showed that in that back bowl. Um, you know, but I told him, you know, he has to be consistent. He just can't have a great show in one week and then, you know, just be be average. You know, I always tell all the guys, you know, you can't fear being uncommon, um, be different. Um, so that's that's kind of been my message that I've been trying to reiterate with him um, the past the past few weeks uh, since I've been gone. Just you know, being able to watch how they're progressing, you know, through winter workouts and whatnot.
0: How about a couple of younger box linebackers in Kobe King and Tyler Elston, guys that might step up to that starting role at Mike here coming mm-hmm. up in 2022? What did you see from them? We've seen bits and pieces. You've gotten the full scope since they got to campus.
2: Um, I say a guy like Tyler Ellsden, Um he's a natural leader. Um, he's going to be someone who, you know, when he has a success that I know he's going to have, I won't be surprised uh, just because how he carries himself, how he prepares. Uh, You know, he's a guy He's a great note-taker, always asking questions in the film room. um, And, you know, he's also going to make Kobe King even better for it. Um, Those are guys, you know, they're going to push each other. um, They're going to compete. um, And ultimately, because I know both of them, they're they're both hungry to get on the football field. um, So, you know, the cream's always going to rise to the top, and they're going to make each other better for it. um, But I'm also looking forward to to watch how Kobe develops, um, you know, from a leadership standpoint and how he, you know, begins to kind of find himself, find his role, and start to just play fast. Um, and get out of his head, because uh, like I said earlier, you know those those first couple of years as, as a as a younger guy, you're you're kind of you're kind of playing a little closed off, a little more timid, um, because you know one you don't want to make them you don't want to make the wrong mistake, and two uh, <laughs> you don't want to you don't want to hear an earful. So um, just let him make sure those guys could you know just let loose, play ball, play fast. Um, you know when, once they start doing that, I'm sure they're gonna be they're gonna
1: be fine. You saw a bunch of younger guys on the edge as well, Zariah Fisher, Davon Townley. Those guys. What What are the younger guys at defensive end bringing to the table? Is they have to replace quite a bit from you guys uh, for, with with you and AK heading out the door.
2: Um, I say they're going to bring a, a a new a new flame, a new edge. Um, a guy like Zariah, he reminds me of myself um, from you know from a, from a, from a, from a, from a physicality standpoint, standpoint, stature. Um, he's a guy that I know. You know, he's going to be ready to play. Uh, he's, he's been waiting for his opportunity. Um, and I told him his opportunity is now, but he's the only one that can, that, that can make it happen. Um, so seeing him, I'm going to be looking forward to, you know, seeing how he progresses in the spring ball um, and ultimately, you know, through camp leading up to the next year. Um, he's a guy that I know that's going to be able to contribute um, and a guy that I know that's hungry.
0: Jesse, um, obviously a lot of eyes on you in Happy Valley, but even more uh, up in Ottawa. Uh, what has the process been like you know, being a face for that area and also seeing what has happened at Penn State. I know you weren't the first Canadian guy to come down here and Jonathan Sutherland's still on the roster, but uh, Christian Veilleux and, and Theo Johnson and these guys that you helped recruit to campus, how much pride do you take in where you come from and where you've come, come from uh, since since leaving home?
2: Um, I say the utmost. Um, it's everything for me, you know. Um, you know, For those who, who know me, they know me. I try to pride myself as, you know, being the son of the village and, you know, being from Canada, being from South Ottawa, um, and having all these other Canadian guys here, it just shows that you know the kids back home like nothing, nothing's too far unattainable. Uh, I remember there was a point in time where you know Canadian football players playing playing NCAA football at the Division One level it was kind of it was kind of unheard of. But now it's like it's it's becoming a, a reoccurring theme. Um, it's everywhere um, we're we're blessed at Penn State to have five five of them: um, and Theo, Christian, um, Malik, myself, and. uh um, and Freddie, but it just it just goes to show, like you know, it's a pipeline that's that's been waiting to develop. And I'm, I'm I always tell Coach Frank, and I always laugh at him. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of untapped untapped talent in the city, in the country, even. So, um, just being able to be one of those schools that that's more so at the forefront, showing up, showing all these kids that listen. If you really want to play, you know, Division One football at the highest level, um, it's very possible.
1: Can, can you detail your journey? I mean, we, uh, you, Tyler and I, we all go way back. Um, you, know, you, you played at Mercyhurst and, and kind of got on the scene there. What was it like to make that decision to come to America? You know, some guys, you know, Theo played his whole career in Canada. Christian came down and played uh, in America. What, what was that decision like for, what were you, 14 at the time, 14, 15 at the time? And, and how did that, that journey play out for you once you made that decision?
2: Um, it was a decision I knew I had to make very early on. Uh, Just because, you know, understanding the dynamics of of football in Canada, um, it's not the same. Um, For me personally, I knew my goal was to, you know, play football at the highest level, at the highest collegiate level, Um, and I knew to achieve that ultimate goal, I'd have to come to the United States and attend a press school um, to get a a, a, a fair playing field um, when coaches evaluate the film. So. You know, I knew from the time that I was 13, about 14, I started sending out emails basically um, to every prep school um, in, in America, from New York ranging all the way to Virginia to California, uh, basically, you know, introducing myself, letting them know my aspirations of playing football at the highest level, and ultimately uh, letting them know my financial situation. Um, You know, being the youngest of of eight children to a single mother wasn't easy. So uh, my mom, my mother, she couldn't afford to to send me to no school and pay 30, 40 K for me to live on my dream. So um, in those emails, I also would express my, uh, I express my financial situation. Um, I ended up getting in contact with my my coach in Erie, Pennsylvania, Jeff Rue, someone who I'm forever indebted to because I wouldn't be in the position I'm in if it wasn't for him giving me the opportunity of a lifetime. Um, But. You know, once i did get the opportunity for me it was cool um, i took it and i never looked back uh, i mean i took full advantage of my opportunity
0: jesse it was fun following your journey to penn state and obviously we got a chance to see you for four years here the last year here start of 5-0 finished with seven wins that's not up to the standard that you want anyone wants i want to leave you with this what's the most important thing for this program right now to move forward, take a step forward, uh and get back to competing for Big Ten championships. Cause I, I know seven and six is not what you had in mind, what anyone had in mind.
2: Um, I say the one word that comes to mind is just um grit. Um it, it, that's it's very simple. Um, you know, we have all the pieces, you know, from uh, from 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 the weapons on the offense, on the defense. Um it's just grit. Um you know they're good those guys are gonna have to understand that they're gonna have to want it more than than everybody else, literally, um, you know, times it's going to get tough. It's going to be some games where, you know, it's going to be a shootout. It's going to be some games where um, it's not going to start off the way we want. But, you know, playing, going back to our, uh, you know, our our foundation, playing complementary football, um, winning the turnover goal, minimizing explosives and just keeping that grit and that chip on your shoulder. Um, that's going to be the, the, the one thing that I feel like the young guys really have to um,
1: grasp. Jesse, I'm going to really send you out on a higher you. note. Oops, oh, sorry. One more quick question: <laughs> yeah. Who, yeah. Who's going to win the combine out of all the Penn State guys? Who's going to win the combine out of all of who's us? Win the combine, yeah. Who who should we most that's be most excited one. to see?
2: That's 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 a tough one. Um, right now, I'd say it's between myself, Brisker, um, Jahan, Brandon. I say it's between us four. <laughs> I feel bad for the I other thought he was going to name seven guys. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> well, Jesse, we look forward to uh, hopefully you all produce some fireworks out in Indy. Uh, but best of luck to you. And we look forward to seeing where you land in April.
2: Thank you very much.
0: Good stuff from Jesse, and just a huge week for him ahead. Thanks to to him for giving us some time. Did not have to do that, um, but great catching up with number forty, Sean. um, We wish all these guys well. We're going to have more insight and information as they go out there. They run, uh, they go through drills. It's all underway in Indianapolis, uh, starting on Tuesday, all the way through the weekend. I don't think Jesse's checking in there on Wednesday, so good chance to keep tabs on the future Nittany Lions or future NFL players from the Nittany Lions. Uh, Anything else to add here before we wrap things up?
1: Not a ton, man. Jesse was great as always. Um, a lot of insight, not only on the, the guys that he played with, or not only his future, but the guys that he played with and some of the up and comers. So definitely check uh, check that out in case you've fast forwarded over the interview for some reason. Um, but no, it's always always great to c- catch up with Jesse and we certainly wish him the best of luck in Indy.
0: Yeah, if you fast-forward past the interview, well, you just went from the start to the finish. That was today's episode. We're back later this week uh, with more insight on the uh, scouting combine and certainly on winter workouts as the Penn State offseason reaches its next phase, spring ball coming up in March. That's a wrap on February. That's a wrap on this episode. Thanks to Sean, Jesse Lucetta, and producer Lance Glenn. I'm Tyler Donahue. Thanks for tuning in to the Lions 24-7 podcast.